and welcome back to Take Time with Maeve Atchison. I hope you're all enjoying the podcast so far. If you are, please be sure to leave a review and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to it. Um, reviews just help me get the podcast out there and get it to more people. Um, if you listen to it on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts, please make sure you subscribe so you get the next episode straight to your phone. So today I am really excited. I have my darling sister, Laura, with me on the podcast. Hi, Laura. Hi. Older and wiser. Older and wiser for sure. And <laughs> I have Laura on not only because she's my wonderful sister and I love her dearly, but Laura is a therapist. And for those of you who may not know, I am a trainee therapist. So myself and Laura have lovely, wonderful conversations and debates about various different areas of the therapeutic world and how it fits into our daily lives. So um, as I said, Laura is a working therapist. She also does a lot of group facilitation on everything from, you know, parenting, grief, assertiveness, self-esteem and everything in between. So um, I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today. We are going to talk about a couple of different things to do with kind of therapy. I suppose a big thing for both Laura and myself is how to bring kind of therapeutic topics more into our day-to-day lives. Um, because, you know, sometimes it can seem quite complex and, you know, scary for people, but really it's just back to basics about what we need as humans and how we can be kind of kinder to ourselves and to each other. And on that, I suppose, a place we were going to start was self-awareness. Um, and I suppose what it kind of is, it's, it's a word everyone's kind of familiar with, but I suppose we wanted to delve into it a little bit more. Um, and Laura, I don't know if you want to kick off about talking about maybe self-awareness in terms of day-to-day life or how you think therapy can help someone to become a little bit more self-aware yeah I think it's so interesting um I don't know about you but chat to me about my work sometimes they're kind of reticent about it and they're not sure what to ask or they think because we've trained a therapist that we have it all sauced and like that kind of brings me to the start of self-awareness like we are all learning as a therapist like the biggest part of the training is that you're learning yourself all the time um and like it's fun like that always sounds strange to people but when I chat to people about it and you really get into it it's like it's so exciting to go on that journey learn more about yourself and figure out like why we do the things we do like that's really at the basic um level of it and why we get into these situations that we don't like like those blocks that we might have in relationships um why things go well like as well it's self-awareness on all levels it's not just having a look and finding out like what are my weaknesses you know yeah exactly and I love that because something that always kind of stayed with me my studies is that like all human behavior makes sense and you know whether it's good or bad and that really kind of struck me because you know you can spend your whole life wondering about the things that go wrong or does you wrong if you want to use that kind of terminology um, but it's when you really break it down, all human behavior makes sense, good or bad. And I was like, oh, that was a little penny drop moment for me, you know, to get my head around. Um, I love what you said as well. I always think people think like therapists have like this secret, like insight into things that no one else has. And it's so not true. And um, I think that ends up happening a little bit, even from my own experience um, going into therapy. I think sometimes people like lie to their therapist and not in a bad way, but they think, oh, this is what they want me to say, or this is what I'm supposed to say when really like you need to leave all of that at the door. That's totally not relevant. There's nothing that the therapist is looking from you or looking for you to say. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer, you know? That's it. And uh, the, just as you said that, something came to me. 
Oh, it's gone again. But it's that bit where you're sitting, being vulnerable with someone else and you're being authentically yourself. Like that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be this one person that you can say the very worst things you think, the very brilliant, amazing things you think, but that you might be keeping inside you for whatever reason. That's what I was going to say. Like when you were saying about human behavior makes sense, everything we do, we do for a very good reason at the time. And you might have ended up hurt by what you did. You might hurt someone else through things you do. But at that moment in time, there was a very, very good reason for why you did it. And that brings in a little bit of self-compassion when you think of it like that. Like you don't beat yourself up. You think at that moment in time, that was a choice I had to make. And there were for many, many, many reasons. And that's a bit about self-awareness then. When you start to know what the reasons are, you're less likely to do those things that end up hurting you or end up getting you very stuck. Um, and that. that comes in. Yeah, I love that. Um, and, oh, you said something there, the God, this is going to be us like striking things in each other's little light bulbs. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think self-awareness, like it's, it, yeah, so that's what I was thinking. So I, I want to kind of get, to give an example to explain what I'm going to try and say, but I was on a course today actually. And one of the things that we did was we did like a, a questionnaire. Um, it was to do with uh, a theorist, Brad Bradshaw on, and the inner child, and it was about, you know, a questionnaire about the wounded child. But you answer these questions, and it's like one, it's like any questionnaire you've done, maybe a personality test or whatever, and it'll kind of ask you, like, you know, just go with your good answer. Is, is this more, you know, speaks to you or isn't about you? And um, I went through it, and you spo- I suppose, like, I've d- done a lot of kind of looking inwards through my studies for my course, and you've become really self-aware about the things that you've done and the patterns um, in your life the things that you tend to repeatedly do. So I realized today that I was answering the questions with like the self-awareness that I'd gotten over the last kind of two years um, and said, oh yeah, I I figured out that's something I always do. So I'll say yes to that. But actually at the end of it, I realized in the last six months, I have even changed so much and I don't necessarily do those things anymore. But because I learned in the last two years, I, you know, got the awareness that it's something I've done in the past. I was, I was saying, yeah, 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 ticking these boxes. And it just, that really gave me that kind of insight into how much we're changing. That I was like, okay, six months ago, I would have said, absolutely, but not anymore. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done it in six months and maybe I'll never, that won't be a pattern for me again. So I thought that was like really interesting to see the change and just to show people like we're constantly evolving. It's gorgeous to have a moment like that where you, because you don't see change. So change is tiny, change is incremental. Sometimes you're like, am I actually, all this work I'm putting in, is anything happening? Like, is anything different? I'm still coming up against the same roadblocks. Like it does take time. And then you look back and go, oh my God, like a situation will come up or something will happen. And you remember what you did before. And it's so different to what you do now or how you handle it now. Um, and yeah, it just, like, but the repeating part, like you were saying, patterns we repeat, like, even when you become self-aware, like you do repeat some of the same things, like they're your go-to and it's in those stressful moments you do them. So when life is good, like often you won't do them at all, but in times of stress, then those can be the habits you go back into. But there's a really good poem. It's about, um, I don't know if you've heard it, the one about walking down the street and there's a hole in the middle of the road. No. The first, yeah. So it's interesting. The first time I walk down, I fall in the hole. 
I sit in the hole, I get really cross about why I'm in it. I can't get out, I need help. And it goes through these five chapters. And by the end, you see the hole and you walk a different, no, you walk around it. And the very last one is, on the last day, you walk down a different street altogether. And I just love it. You should look it up. It's Portia. Portia someone was sharing that. Oh, I that. love that. Yeah, I'll share that one. That's fab. Because um, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, you don't go, oh, this is something I do and stop it. Like, it just, it takes practice. It's like training for anything. It's really, really annoying. Like, I, you know, I often talk to clients. I'm like, I get this. Like, you know, so we'll be talking about something. They know what they should do. I know what they should do. But that's, it's much easier to know than in practice in your life to put it into place. Like, and you know, it's really annoying. Sometimes it's really painful. Sometimes you don't want to, like being honest. And, but it's moments like you had where you see the difference. Then it's like, oh, the work has paid off. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. That's what I, I often say that as well. It's like, if you recognize something in yourself that you want to change, um, you, you have to be prepared for you know, reward yourself when you get it right and you make the change and that's great. But you will have like, I don't know if you want to call it a slip up, what you want to call it, but you, you will have the day where you go back to the old pattern and that's okay. And you just have to be like, that happened. I'm resetting and I'm starting again the next day, you know? Um, what I think is interesting with kind of all of that in terms of how much we change and self-awareness. I mean, something I have thought a lot about and something I, I want to look into more, but I, I think like in the... Era, era we're in now of you know everything online and social media and you know we have a like activism online and it's you know it's a great it's a useful way to use the platform but I've also been thinking about the fact that sometimes we with that and how people's lives are just available online there's like a lack of space for how quickly we do change and how you can suddenly have the awareness of something a penny drop moment like that totally change perspective or give you a new realization or whatever it is and we don't have room for that and it's like you know you see a lot of people pulling up tweets that some a celebrity or whoever made 10 years ago and it's like well where is the space to say that that person grew or changed and you know do they have to put online that they're working through the process of changing for us to know that they are is that fair and it's just really interesting um it's a really interesting thought and it's just kind of it came back to me today when I had that realization of how much I've changed in six months. I, I was just like, wow, if we're going to hold people accountable for their past selves all the time, you know, where's the room for growth there? Yeah, I think that's a big one. If you ever end up in a conversation with old school friends or something, or someone comes up in conversation and someone has an opinion on someone, and it's like, we knew that person when they were 16. And I remember saying one night, you know, with the girls or whatever, I said, God, if people were to judge me on some of the things I did or said, or some of the very strong opinions I would have had, you know, and I imagine some of the strong opinions I have today in 30 years time might be irrelevant as well, you know, but yeah, there's that bit where it's like, um, taking someone as they are right now in this moment, you know? Yeah. And I love that you said that because I actually had that exact same experience in the last couple of weeks someone it just someone said to me oh I'm, I'm chatting to this person and I kind of went oh and immediately pictured them when I knew them when they were like 21 or whatever and then I had to check myself and be like you know nothing about this person now it's been seven years you don't know what life they're living you don't know what they've learned and I actually said to that person I said god if someone judged me for who I was seven years ago or even you know four years ago I would hate to think that so I like that 
the exact same. We're all learning. So I had this thought today, but yet I've done the same. So it just shows that it's like a learning for us all. And we're always kind of growing and working through that. Um, That's it. And there's that bit where we can't change something about ourselves until we've kind of accepted the purpose it had, I think as well. I've just been thinking that as we're talking, like, so people start to get really annoyed with something about this. I want to change it. I want to change it. But like until you've kind of sat with it for a little bit and gotten comfortable with why you're doing that or why that has been the case, like it's almost like you talked about that inner child work, like giving yourself a little hug and going, totally get it. I see you. I see why you're doing this. But I have this great idea about a different way we can do it. You know, it's like nearly having a little conversation with yourself. And like, because you know yourself, if, if someone gives you advice and it's there's not that constructive piece or that empathic, I get why you're doing this bit then it's hard to listen to. So it's the same with yourself if you want to change something. It's like being kind about the purpose it has served and then going, okay, but let's move on, you know? Yeah. And something I've thought about with that recently actually is that while I might might understand why I did a certain thing or thought a certain way or whatever it may be, I got this like overwhelming feeling that, or this overwhelming want to explain to other people why I did what I did or behaved or thought the way I thought and then I had to be like well first of all you can't go through every single person you know and explain yourself but you know I wonder what that is about that kind of you know needing us to say okay well I've figured it out for me but I want you to all know the reason that my rationale to that it's funny that's it that's just reminding me a bit of almost like the 10 steps in AA where you ask for forgiveness or you know and yeah. that's the you can be tempted when when you see that like maybe hurt you've caused or things that happened you know to go back and to explain but like the only people we have to be accountable really to are ourselves and then your very tight circle and like it's yourself really only in mo in, in some ways but then it's a very small tight circle that of people that are worth saying look just i'd love to explain to you what i've learned and they'd be so delighted like i think it's so interesting to hear someone someone's process maybe it's just interesting to us I don't know but know that someone has learned something and and you learn something about them like I learn from clients every day like you learn a different struggle you learn a different perspective like you know here's the situation there's a million ways to look at it and a million different ways to handle any given situation and it's so interesting to see how someone else does something um and it really is such a, you know, I think that's what people don't know. Like people don't realize that in therapy, the client is the expert. You're just there helping them tease out the things they already know. Um, and that's why like you learn just as much. Like it's, you know, a client can help you as much as you help them at times, you know? That's definitely, definitely true. And I think, you know, something, something you hear in therapy rooms is when you might ask a question and the, the client says, oh, I don't know. And, you know, I've even been on the receiving end where I've done that. And, you know, a therapist will say to me, well, you do know. And it's so true because like, <laughs> have, we do know, like we know better than anyone else. What, what we're eating, if we can't fully put together why, why we're doing a certain thing, we can put, we can give you the thought that's in our head. And I think sometimes those thoughts are, you know, it's kind of what you touched on earlier that like in therapy, you you, sh- you know, you should be able to say, you know, the worst things you've thought that you, you don't voice to anyone. And that's like your shadow side, if, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but often I think it's the thing that you, that you say, I don't know in therapy, the thing that you ha- that's in your head that you're not saying is the main thing you need to say. It's like, if you have that moment of like, oh, I, I'm just not going to say that. That's actually the thing you need to put out on the table. Um, 
and that's something I just love people to know more about because like I think if the, the thought comes into our heads we go nope push that aside I'm not that one and it's like oh you get through so much more work if you could put that out there and sometimes even the I don't know sometimes you literally you feel you don't you're like I don't know but what I think that sometimes has meant for me is that it's too painful for me to know like I, I, I can't touch into this bit and, and sometimes that's, and that is the hardest work then. Like you say, like when you're saying, I don't know, you're actually saying no. I often think it's like a no to the therapist or a no to the person who asks you. You say, oh, I don't know. You know that tone that comes with it? Like you're telling someone just to stop. You're dismissing them. What you mean is, ooh, like that hurt or that, like I feel sad when I think about that. So I don't want to. And like, it's that block that's really difficult. And like, as someone, I suppose, who has sat there saying, I don't know, to my own therapist at times. It's those moments then where you eventually maybe splurt out something or say something that makes no sense in your head. But once you've said it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's coming from somewhere and it's trusting that whatever comes out is for a reason. And that like, along with someone who's trained and who can support you, like it could just be an opening up of so much. Like that's the bit, like you open your world, like when you start to, really get to know yourself like you know it just opens so many doors like you feel less scared you feel less maybe sad maybe anxious whatever those emotions that are difficult to deal with but there's a scary bit first there's a messy bit first and that's a bit like you know I think sometimes people think it'll be easy and they go to a couple of sessions oh god like you and I both know you know anyone who's trained in this field it's not easy you know yeah exactly and you know I I like what you said there because it is its perspective. So sometimes the thing that's really hard for you to say mightn't be hard for someone else to say, or, you know, and what I definitely found is to be honest about it. So if I'm say, finding it hard to say something, so I want to go to the, I don't know, don't go there, but I'm giving it the time and I'm going to say it. I, I often find it useful to say, oh, this is really hard or, you know, I'm, I'm finding this hard to put into words. Um, and I think people just, it's like, don't underestimate the power of, of being honest about that bit and just say, this is really hard. Or if you do get it out, be like, that was so hard to say because, you know, it just puts focus on like, that was difficult and let's talk about why it is or, you know, well done for doing it, you know? Um, and I think that kind of leads into the well done for doing it leads into self-compassion, I guess, and kind of compassionately getting to know yourself. So um, I think sometimes when people are taking a layer off and realizing that, you know, as you said at the start, it's realizing the good and the bad and seeing the patterns in us. And it's understanding yourself. And like, as you said, it's really exciting. It's really interesting. It's fun. Um, obviously, sometimes it's not because it's, it can be upsetting, but it's, you know, a lot of it is really, really fun um, and exciting. And I think people associate this kind of work with looking at your flaws or realizing what you've done wrong or, you know, focusing on that you need to change in a negative, like, and putting it down as a negative. So I suppose I think it's just interesting to to look at kind of being nice to yourself and to going gently with this and showing yourself a bit of compassion while you pull back the layers of the onion. <laughs> That's it. I remember. So when you train as a therapist, as you know, you have to do a certain amount of therapy hours yourself, a lot of therapy hours. People don't believe it when I tell them. Um, but it's so important because you have to be able to sit in the chair and you also, to support someone else, you have to have done your own work so that you're not constantly set off into your own, you know, your own triggers and your own story. Um, but I remember looking for a therapist and I remember ringing a couple of people and the phrase, like I can hear it now at the time, it sounded like a great phrase, 
but it's so funny knowing what I know about myself now. I was saying, I just want to get the work done. Like I was almost asking for someone to be tough with me. Like this was my impression of how this would work. So you be tough with me. I'll do the work I need to do and I'll be a better person. That, that kind of vibe. Like, and the therapist I ended up with is the most gentle soul. She's just fabulous. And that was actually more challenging to me, but I didn't know it. It was only in it. Like that was very difficult at times because she was always so gentle and so kind with me. And I found that actually really hard. Um, And she taught me how to be nicer to myself. And it sounds so strange. And I think I probably would have found it easier to be with someone who was tougher on me. But like, she was basically saying, you've already got that covered, Laura. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) you're managing that just fine. Like, you know, she's talking with the manager. She's like, I can hear the manager coming out now. And it was that bit to get that other voice, that voice like that would tell me it's okay. And and I was so uncomfortable with it. I used to get quite cross and I used to get really, you know, but it's amazing when you turn it on, like, and I found done a lot of work on shame and a lot of what they're saying now, um, the kind of healing of shame or shameful experiences in life is being compassionate with yourself. So like someone else being kind to you is great. And that's the starting point when you can be kind to yourself and then you won't shame yourself. Then you won't, you know, talk down to yourself. And that self-talk thing is so important. You know, I mean, whose voice do you hear all day, every day when you're not with people? It's your own voice. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Like, I think we don't, we don't like, it's something people say flippantly, about, you know, talk, speak nicely to yourself and, you know, people say, oh, you know, there's, you know, there's experiments out there about like speaking to a plant positively versus negatively and like literally watching the plant die in front of you. But, um, and it, that's actually something I remember when I started working on myself, talk like to myself, if I caught myself saying something negative, I would get like, hey, quote myself and I would be like, no, babe, like, that's not what you're supposed to say. And I'm like, this is literally, <laughs> you're just feeding into a circle here. So it's like, and it's because I wanted the instant change. I wanted to have woken up someday and been like, okay, I'm going to start speaking nicely to myself. That's fine. But it was like realizing that it was like, take the time and you have to notice it, like ease, ease into it and get there eventually, you know? Um, yeah, it's just hilarious. Like, That's so funny because that's when I used to. So I think that's when I was trying to be the good client in therapy. And so I'd be saying, oh, I did it again just there. I heard what I did. And she's like, but did you hear the sentence you just said? Like, okay. And yeah, it's, and it takes time. And I think, you know, you've gotten there or close to there when you laugh, when you do the old things. So you can have a kind of a wry smile, like almost like a best friend would give you a little nudge and just smile at you at something. And it's that moment where you're just like, oh gosh, I did that again. So you're not cross, you're not judging yourself, but you are noticing. And that's when I think, you know, you've gotten there. But it does take time at the start. Like if you're someone who tends to give out to yourself, like that's what you'll do. That's actually so true. The kind of being able to laugh about it a little bit, because um, I've definitely noticed that like even with your therapist, you know, if you're talking about something and then you kind of say it and you go, oh, well, like that's kind of not what I'm, you know, I'm trying to go against. And that is so true. That kind of knowing, oh, I know there I go again. And that's that's actually a really good thing to kind of keep in mind that that's the kind of sign you're going in the right direction. Um. But something that's just kind of coming to my mind there and we're chatting about it is like, you know, liking your therapist. So, you know, we were kind of talking there about trying to find your, your therapist and that you thought this would suit you and that would suit you. And I think like I spoke to someone about it recently and even listening back to it, I kind of was listening to my words about, you know, a therapist that you like. And that's not necessarily what, 
what I meant. It's, you know, a therapist that suits you and that you like the idea of them or like the work that you did with them. But really, I suppose, something you and me have talked about before and I think would be interesting for people is you don't necessarily have to like your therapist. Would you agree with me in that kind of... Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a very interesting one. And as, as a therapist, we're often told to watch out for a client that we really like and it's all going really well and it's really good because where's the shadow side? Where's the other stuff? And what I'd say is it's a therapist that that you're starting to say the things, that you're saying the very honest, blunt things, including, no, I don't agree with you there. And that they can have banter with you on that and go back and forth. Why not? Okay, let's talk about it. Like that's a really good sign that you you know, that you don't really strongly dislike them or that they remind you of someone, but you don't have to be absolutely mad about them because like they are meant to be challenging you. You're there to change. And like, we don't change while we sit in our comfort zone, very happy with ourselves. Like, you know, those kind of cute memes and stuff are true. Like all the growth happens when you step outside of it. Um, And a good therapist will help you step out and in and out and in and they'll challenge you, but they'll also mind you in it. So it's the two of those. But I think if you're lying to your therapist, if you think they're your friend, these are all warning signs. You know, I mean, you can get on great with them and wish you could be friends. Like, you know, there are, like there's definitely been times I'm like, oh, we would be great friends, but you will never be friends. It's not that, you know, relationship. And if it gets to that point, it should be that you discuss that. Yeah. So like a good sign is that you can discuss those things. You can say, are we too comfortable? Um, and just, yeah, that, that, that open discussion is happening that you're saying things that you're like, God, I, you know, these are the things I've kept inside me that I wouldn't say to anyone else. Like, that's a good sign. It doesn't mean that like, you know, you're having the best fun ever and they're gas, you know, like, so those are the things, you know, so you're dead right. Yeah. Liking isn't maybe the word, but that's what people think. Yeah. I remember someone saying that to me at the very start of being like, if you're skipping out of your therapist's office every week, something's not right. And I was like, okay, noted. I'll look at, I'll look out for that. And you know, I love my therapist. I like, I think we do brilliant work, but like, I love my therapist because we do great work, but there's days I come out of there and I'm like, for fuck's sake. And I'm like nearly picking an argument with him. Whereas really it's just that he's, he's shown me up a blind spot that I really don't want to look at. And I'm like, Oh, but it's, it's then I get through that. And that's why I love it because it's like open conversation, mutual understanding, and also like that I'm being challenged, which like I do need, you know, particularly as you go further on with, you know, training to be a therapist and the more therapy hours you do, like the more you kind of need to be challenged most of the time, because like that you have loads of layers of self-awareness done and it's kind of like you, you need the next kind of step, I guess, to, to make it worthwhile for you. That's it. And you learn, like, I suppose people worry about, oh, do I need to go to a therapist forever then? I mean, great if you can afford to over the years and if you can dip in and out of it. But if you can learn from what they do with you, so if you can learn to challenge yourself and notice things about yourself and then learn that other bit where, where they were kind to you and so you've learned to be kind to yourself and challenge yourself, then like you've picked up a skill for life and you'll dip in and out when you need the extra support. But you should be able to do it for yourself. Like you don't kind of go with your hands flagging and they do all the work. Um, that's not how it works and some people think it is. Um, you're the one who's working the hardest in that room. And if you're not then that's a kind of a little conversation to have with the therapist or yourself to go, well, what am I doing here? Like, am I coming kind of for the wrong reasons maybe? Or maybe just the relationship isn't working, but sometimes it's that you're not ready and you need some extra push or extra reason. You know, there has to be a drive to change. Um, There does have to be a why, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's probably a misconception in therapy. So I think it's good for people to hear that. Um, I, like what I always say to people is like, I'm here to guide people, but I'm not leading the way. Like you are leading the way and, you know, I'm here to guide you and challenge you where necessary, but where we go is up to you. And, you know, I can't decide that for you. So I think that, I think that's probably something even I misunderstood at times, you know, if you go into it, like you kind of never know what's going to happen in the session. Sometimes you could have a totally planned out in your head as the client or as the therapist. And then you open one, you kind of pull up one little thread from the ball of wool and it totally changes and you go down another route. Um, but you definitely do need to think about where you want to go. And like, there's as important as the therapy is during the session. It's like what you do in the space in between afterwards. It's like, there's no point point showing up for an hour every week and then not even giving it a second thought in between the two sessions because like you're getting no, getting nothing from that then. That's it. That's like, that's more of a hobby as opposed to a personal <laughs> exercise, you know, um, and great. Like for some people at the start, that's all they can manage, but definitely, you know, it, it, it takes money and time and effort, to, you know, so absolutely like working it into your life and, you know, figuring it out and it is that bit where people think that they're going to be fixed like you know and probably before I trained I might have thought there was a bit more fixing and a bit more helping you know and help people but it's like it's more shining a light on different areas that someone might have noticed and then being their companion during the figuring out time like I would say that's what we do and that makes it sound really simple it's really hard um, but it's so gorgeous, like, you know, to be there with someone at those really vulnerable moments, like, and it's totally an honor. Like if people knew how much, I don't think people realize how much of a privilege it is. Um, yeah, it's fab. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like those moments of absolute vulnerability and you touched on authenticity earlier as well. And I think they're so aligned, like, uh, you know, people shy away from vulnerability and are a bit scared of it really. But you're, you know, you're being your authentic self when you're being vulnerable. And I think that's something I even only kind of fully learned in more recent times. And our lecturer asked us one day to, to kind of look at ourselves and say, if I was to live my full authentic life, what would I be doing? And he didn't mean career. He just meant like everything down to just how would you live your, your day to day life if you were being truly authentic? And that was so confronting, but like amazing. It's actually anyone, anyone at home who wants a bit of homework, feel free to go to, to go to your journal and do that. Like it just, it's like looking at how would I, how would I want to live my life if I was being totally and wholly authentic and it was so beneficial. Cause that's even on a, like a tiny daily basis. What do you stop yourself from doing? Like just because maybe what other people think or what's the social norm. Like I laughed lately. I met, um, a friend and her little daughter and obviously with COVID and stuff, we just stand apart in the street and the little girl really wanted to chat to me. And then she started dancing and she kind of stopped and looked at me. And you know, when you know a child is waiting for you to dance and like so many moments I would have just been like, I will pretend I don't even know that because I'm not dancing. I actually just like did a ballerina twirl. Dance went, like It was just so lovely. I'm like, I was doing what I wanted to do with this child who's also doing what she wants to do. And it's like, there's such a release and a freedom. Like as long as you're not hurting other people, there needs to be those moments where you just actually do in that second what you want to do. Like, and that's what you're talking about, the authenticity thing. Like, you know, pa paying someone that compliment that you're thinking, all those little things, if we did them more and more, it's just like one human being showing their heart more and then the other one shows their heart. And like, we all benefit from that. I just, the world would be a totally different place. 
Yeah, I love that. I actually love that story because um, that's so me. Like I have often had people say to me that I am both young and old all in one. Um, and I remember kind of trying to get my head around that. I was like, that's a weird thing. And as I thought about it, I was like, I do have this like childlike quality in terms of like, I would want to do the same and dance in the street, like with that child. But it's it's so funny because like they're tiny moments, but they're the things that like you go away feeling like so full of heart from. And actually Jane mentioned on our episode about self-care about writing down the reasons why you like to do things. And I know not everyone journals, people are getting more into it, but that's even something like if you went home that day and had ri- you know, ri- written that down, like then you'll remember like why that's so lovely. But it's those things that can be a fleeting moment and you forget all about it. Um, but it's also so interesting, you know, that you're talking about, you know, why don't we just do the things that we want to do? And like this podcast is the perfect example of, of that. I have wanted to do this for like a couple of years and really, there was probably a couple of things stopping me between probably not thinking that I actually could, even though I knew that I could, um, deep down, very much concerned about what people would think about me, what people would say, you know, do I have value to add all of this? And like, it was just, that, again, it was just something amazing, you know, that I got from during the kind of downtime I had during COVID was to kind of actually really hear that back and say, well, what is actually stopping you? And, you know, is it enough? to make you not do this and make you continue like wondering what if. And I think that's just been a huge thing for me. And still like, you know, I decided to do it. And then in the last couple of days, I was like, why should I do this? Why do I have a podcast? This is, this is outrageous. Like you should stop this right now. (laughs) And like, now I'm here and I feel so like full in like my heart, like full of love and delight that I'm doing it again, you know, because I love recording it. I love editing it. I love getting feedback from people. And also like, I just, I know that it's something I always wanted to do. And even having this conversation, I like remembering that I am doing something I've always wanted to do and avoided or stopped or blocked it. And that brings it like full circle to the self-awareness bit. Cause like, same thing. I would have said no to you if you had asked me 10 years ago, would you be on my podcast? Like I would say no before I even thought about things. Just no, just no. And it, I learned that it was a self-protector. So I was saying no to avoid getting into things that scared me. And I needed to at the time, it was just too much. It was overwhelming. But slowly I realized that I was saying no so often that I was missing things like that little dance in the street. Like I was missing those kind of moments like this chat, like it's lovely. And if someone gets something from a great, like well, we will have enjoyed it. Like that's the bit where you, you take yourself less seriously. And so I've started to say yes to things, but I still say no to things if I really don't want to do them or if it's too much at that moment. But I don't say no now because I'm scared. Like, I love that thing. What is it? Courage isn't um, not being afraid. It's doing something um, despite the fact that you're afraid. That's bravery. Like, you know, you're afraid mm. of doing it. And I just love that. And I have to remind myself that all the time because fear is such a powerful one for me, you know. I love that. Who? What That, that quote, feel the fear and do it anyway. Do you know who that's by? Yeah, I think that it's a book. Um, Susan Jeffers, I think. Yeah. There you go. I was like, I'm quoting her and I don't know who, but I will I will link it. Everyone, like, there's all those ones and there's probably, and it might be exactly, but I think it's a book. Yeah, Susan Jeffers. Yeah. Well, look, I think we'll leave it on that note because that is so lovely. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. For, in terms of your workshops and everything that you do, where can people find you? So if you check out where I work, um, informpsychology.ie and on Facebook as well, Begin Again Personal Development, either one of those, 
can't find me, then it's just my bad technology side of things. <laughs> so just ask me <laughs> from a go old school. <laughs> DM me, DM me. Uh, uh, Send me a, car- a carrier pigeon message, please. <laughs> I'll link I'll link those in um, the description anyway and in everywhere that I'm posting it. Um, but thank you so much for joining me today and thank you all for listening. <laughs>